I would uh, I would consider what I'm going to preach today something that would be Bishop used to say this hot off the press I guess came here to just go over some notes and finish up something that I've been working on but God saw fit to change all of that I was going to have my prayer time I usually try to start and then end the 24-hour prayer chain that we have first week of every month and uh, the Lord saw fit for me to go a different direction and so I spent a lot of that time until my prayer time uh, putting on my screen what was in my spirit and from word of, the God, word of God and a few commentaries and then I came back to conclude that after my prayer time and I believe that the Lord wants us to hear something today and I would that every guest I would that every person that watches online I would that everybody that is in this building would hear the word of the Lord today and respond to the word of the Lord. Matthew 11 and verse 7. It's a pretty incredible bit of scripture that we're about to read here. It's one that I really like because it shows the heartbeat of the God that we serve. And it shows the heartbeat of what needs to, or his people need to have, his messengers need to have. Matthew 11 and beginning at verse 7, it says this, And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? looks at him and says what do you think you were going to look at what do you think was going to be the thing that you saw and he gives them he's got a sense of humor ladies and gentlemen he really does and he looks at him and says a reed shake it in the wind did you think that my servant that's preaching about me is old frail reed shaking in the wind? And he continues. But what went ye out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that were soft, wear soft clothing are in king's houses. That's not who you went to see. This guy's got some grit to him. But what went ye out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. Look at what Jesus thought about the guy that's preaching his word. This is what I think about. Red letter, look at your book right now. Jesus is talking about John. Pretty powerful stuff. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. 
Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of a woman, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Well, that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? He's the best thing that's walked in shoe, shoe leather. And then, <laughs> notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I want you to listen to verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. Somebody say violence. And the violent take it by force. Somebody say force. Look at your neighbor and say force. That would have actually been a good message. The force be with you. But anyway, that's all right. For all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John. And if ye will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. He that hath ears, I need you to hear this. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Open up your ears. But whereunto shall I liken this generation? This is really good right here. It is like unto children sitting in the marketplace, in the markets, and calling unto their fellows, and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. In other words, you're not responding to what I'm saying, you're not listening. To what I'm trying to get across to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the spirit of the age. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say, he hath a devil. The son of man come, eat, come eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children praise God today I'm going to preach from this very powerful word and if I can preface it before I say it before they put it on the screen I believe truth church that this is what let me say it this way I got a vision if you will this is what we are this is what pulses through my spirit and my veins no doubt in my mind, Sister Delphine, that it pulses through Jesus Christ for his church. And my prayer is that we could be unified as a body of Christ and let it pulse through our veins. Let it pulse through our mind and our spirit. And that word that I'm going to preach on today is revival. Revival. What does it look like? What is it? believe the scriptures in which we have read here today have told us exactly what revival is. What being revived is. What has to happen if we're going to experience an outpouring. An outbreak if you will. 
of the power and the presence of God. People being infilled with the spirit. The waters of baptism being troubled. Your, your friends and your children and your co-workers and our neighbors filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It can't just be a word. It has to be something that pulses through us. If you would lay your Bibles down and your phones. And I would to God that you truly would. Close your eyes, face your head towards the heavens, and lift your hands. Every individual in this house, if you're able to do that, would you lift your hands to Jesus right now? And I want you to pray the song that Sister Bailey is still playing right now. I want you to pray, Lord, less of me and more of you. Lord, I want to hear your word today, and I want to respond to your word. If you're in the place today and you feel like you're a sinner, you feel like you come short, we all do. You feel like you, you don't have the power of God's spirit in your life. Today is the day for you. If you feel like that you have come short day after day and you've tried to live for God, that day is for you right now. This day is for you to be in the house, and if you're in this place and you want to be revived in the power of the Holy Ghost this day is for you and your attitude and your heartbeat needs to be Lord less of me in everything that you want come on lift your voice to him all across this building Come on, the Spirit of God is moving in this place. Come on, young people. Come on, adults. Come on, moms and dads. Come on, people that are sitting in your living room right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let it be right now on this Sunday morning, a day that we experience a reviving in Jesus' name. We're already going to the river here in a little bit. We're going to baptize a young person in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Why couldn't it be more? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to grab the hand of a neighbor close by you. I want you to grab their hand. And I want you to pray this prayer. I heard somebody just say it. I'm not sure who it was. But I want you to pray, Lord, shake me with your word today. Come on, pray it right now. Don't just say it, but I want you to pray it. God, shake the person, whoever that is beside you. Shake, Lord, my friend. Shake my husband. Shake my wife, oh, Lord, with your word today. Let your word do a shaking inside of us. It would cause us to do what you desire us to do, oh, Lord, to have force in our spirit and our heart today. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. You may be seated, and I would that you would be attentive to God's word today. In the main theme of our text today, we can surely conclude that it deals with the ministry of Jesus and John, as I've already alluded to a moment ago. It also implies the spirit of their day. The day in which they lived in. It speaks of that. The question arises as we read our text that what was the attitude and the heartbeat and the, and the spirit of John? And what was the attitude and the heartbeat and the spirit 
of Jesus. As I read just a moment ago, I personally could kind of conclude that, although I had commentaries and different things that helped me even more, but you can, if you just can read, you can understand what their spirit was and what their attitude was and what their heartbeat was. Was it that they lacked a backbone? Was their heartbeat or their attitude one that is laid back and relaxed and doesn't really care about what's going on around them? I would say of Jesus, absolutely, totally, no. He is not one that was relaxed and he did not have a heartbeat of lackadaisicalness and I really don't think that that's, this is what I want to do. No, it's not so of Jesus. For the Bible lets us know that he came to destroy the works of the devil. That's what the Bible says in 1 John 3 and verse 8. Destroy the works of the devil. So in knowing that about Jesus, we can conclude that he was not one that's going to be laid back when it came at looking at the age and the day in which they lived in. I don't want to leave this the same way it is. I want to make sure it changes. I can go a step further. Ladies and gentlemen, he came to this world. He was born because he was not lackadaisical. The adversary came in and said, I'm going to try to get some ailments and some issues and some problems and some people to deny you and walk away from you. And Jesus said, not on my watch. You're kicked out of heaven. You can't be here anymore. And I'm going to come that I may give them life life and life more abundantly that I may save them from this untoward generation. So no, we can for sure say that Jesus did not, did not have a lackadaisical laid back spirit. Jesus didn't come to coexist with the devil. Amen. If you are in this place and you think that the adversary is going to have a chance. I know we read the back of the book. If you think for a moment that Jesus is going to let the adversary coexist with him. The answer to that question, the answer to that thought is absolutely not. He is not going to allow him. He's, no, this is not going to happen. He didn't come to allow that to happen. Jesus did not come to kick back with the devil and have a good old time and watch as he messed with his children. No, he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came with a mind made up. I am coming to pull every single one of these individuals out of hell. He can't do that. That's on us. But ladies and gentlemen, his heartbeat is that you not die. Your, his heartbeat is that you live. His heartbeat is that he wants you to get out of the situation that you're in. Same. Same. You may be seated. Went for John. He wasn't an easy going man. He didn't have that lackadaisical, easygoing attitude. His attitude wasn't that at all. 
If you were to think for a moment that John's attitude and mindset and spirit was anything different than that of Jesus, you would be sorely wrong. And I turn your attention to our text in verse 7. It says again, as I, I quoted and reiterated it again and again, What went ye out to see in the wilderness? A reed shaking in the wind? The question's asked to these people that are there. Do you think that you're getting a little over oh, pushover? No, you're not getting a pushover. You're, you're, that's not who you went to see. You went to see the guy that I sent to preach to you. And he is standing flat-footed. He is firm in what he believes. He's excited about it. He wants you to be excited about it. He wants you to turn from your wicked ways. You're not getting one that's going to fall by the wayside. man clothed in soft raiment. Look, look at that and study that a little bit. It's literally what it says in the next verse. It's, hey, that's for kings. That's for those uppity-ups, if you will, young people. That's, that's for those, those to-dos, if you will. That's not who John is. John is one that's got dirt under his fingernails. John is the one that has been on his knees and he's been seeking my face and calling on my name and believing that I am going to do what I said I'll do. And he's had passion and zeal. A prophet? He's much more than a prophet. Do you see? This is exactly what Jesus wants from his messengers. John was rough around the edges. He looked at crowds and specifically the Pharisees and the Sadducees and said things like this, bear fruit worthy of repentance. He's telling them, listen, I hear you're telling me that you're repenting. I'm telling you, this would not go over real good in this house. And it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't win friends and influence people, but this is what he said. Oh, you say you've repented? I don't see nothing that lets me know that. Come on, you still act like you've always acted. You come to church on Sunday, that's the only thing you do different. You don't, when you go outside of these four walls, you're way different than you are on Sunday mornings. You, you act different, you talk different, you dress different, you hang around the same people. You always, that's what he was saying. That's exactly what he was saying. He, he, didn't, he, well, he didn't imply it and be real nice and, and wasn't seeker friendly. He said, listen, if you say you've repented, you better get right and you better show me that you're right in every action and everything you do. Don't tell me that God doesn't care about where you go, who you talk to, where you live, how you dress. He does care about it. He even told his messenger, you make sure they know, bring me. I got to see it. Give me proof that you have done what you've said you've done. Amen. Bring some fruit that's worthy. Bring, bring some fruit to me and show me that you have done what you've said you've done. Proof of your repentance. Man, it'd be pretty mean if I stood at the door a Sunday morning and I said, well, what's going on? How things been this week? I need you to prove to me that you lived as a Christian. I need you to prove to me that you have, you repented Weeks and months ago, but proved to me. And that's what he was telling to these Pharisees and Sadducees. Listen to me. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Let it be known that you have become what you've, you, 
saying that you are. Let me tell you something. Coming to church on Sunday morning, who gives a flare and rare and rip? Toting your Bible and having it under your arm, who cares about that? And you know why that John was like that? John was like that because he knows there's an adversary out there, and he don't give a care. He doesn't care that you say you've repented. You better live like you've repented. I'm holy. You better live holy. I'm righteous. You better live righteous. I'm separated from the world. I'm different than everybody else at school. You better look different, act different, walk different, talk different, do everything different. Why is that? Why did John say that? And this is what I want you to hear. I've got a big pink highlighted circle around this right here. Why did John have that mindset? And why did he preach like that? It's because the kingdom in which we live in is too important. It is too valuable. Please hear me. Everybody in this building, we can't play with it. This kingdom can't be something, here it is, casual in our life. I go to church. So what? I pray for my food. Who cares? I told three people I'm a Christian today. La-ti-da. I did not get mad at my neighbor when they played their loud music today. Who cares? He's telling us that there needs to be some fruits. Listen to me. I would consider casual fruits. Sunday and Wednesday attendance to church. Amen? A lot of people go to church on Sunday. You hear what I'm saying? A lot of people go to church somewhere on Sunday. What he's trying to say is, you better be walking the straight and narrow on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. When nobody else is around and you're all by yourself, you better be walking the straight and narrow. He's telling you, this kingdom is way too important for you to just be half-hearted about it. It's way too important. Oh, come on, somebody. It's way too important for you to give a little golf clap on Sunday morning. It's got to be something that you're passionate about. It's got to be something that you're running to. I got to have this. I'm forceful about this. Brings us back to Matthew 11 and 12. Somebody say it can't be casual. Can I just say to you, don't be a casual Christian. He's talking like this to those people. I'm, I'm, I'm just staying right here for a moment. He's talking like this to these people because now I can look at it from what it was 
What he was doing back then, I can look at it how it applies today. He was trying to tell you that, listen, you commit to this, and you commit to this, and you commit to these things, and you commit to all this stuff that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, oh, man, you're... You're wishy-washy. I, I may come to church. I may not come to church. I may worship the Lord. I may not worship the Lord. I may give my time. I may give my tithes, but I may not do that. No. What do we got to do? We got to be forceful, and we got to give ourselves, give proof that we are doing what we said we were doing. We are going to be what we said we would be. We are going to turn away from what we said we were turning away from. <laughs> Praise God. He's telling us, if you're different, then you need to be different. Matthew 11 and verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I don't have time to get into what a lot of men say. There's a lot of meanings that you can go and look it up yourself if you want to. There's a lot of different things, but the true essence of the context it's speaking of is the nature of the church. That's what it's speaking of. The nature of the church. I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the people. A church that is violent in nature. A church that is forceful in nature. I had you quote that, that, that not that verse, but the end of that uh, verse in verse 12. Force. Take it by force. But it's a church that is violent in nature. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about being mean. I'm not talking about being angry and you better do this right. I'm talking about that. I scared people. I'm sorry about that. Not vicious. Not, not beating somebody over the head and telling them, taking them to a back room and like, you better do this or else. No. What it's talking about is being zealous. And forceful in nature. Go look it up yourself. They are zealous and forceful about what they are and what they believe. I'm apostolic to the core. Now I'm saying it. But being forceful and zealous is living it every single day. And not caring what the devil thinks. Not caring what my friends think. Not caring what my family thinks. I'm apostolic. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I'm an aisle runner. I'm going to roll on the floor. I'm going to do what God said that I need to do. No matter what you think and no matter what you say I should do. I knew I was going to have a third of you. That's all right. Praise God. There is vigor. And listen to this. Total commitment. One of the commentaries, it said that little right there. It's just a few words. I think one, two, six, six words. There is vigor and total commitment. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about the church, a church that is violent in nature, a church that has vigor and total commitment. I am a churchgoer, but I'm not just a churchgoer. I'm a churchgoer on Sunday, yes, but I'm a churchgoer on Monday too, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. It's speaking of the church that will take authority over darkness. 
It's speaking of a church that will take authority over darkness and drive it out. A church that has some force with them. Speaking of a church that will turn the dominion of darkness upside down in an act of violence. How do I do that? Get on your knees and begin to pray. Not now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But I'm talking about prayer. I'm not talking about how loud you get and elevated. Ah, you know, me. I'm not talking about all that. And that's okay if you want to do that. But I'm talking about you are committed in your prayer. And you are focused, Lord. <laughs> this adversary that goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I cast him down. I have power through your name. In Jesus' name, I cast him out of this city. I cast him out of my home. I cast him out of my neighborhood. In the name of Jesus. There's got to be some violent nature in Bible, it shows us through our text that the true nature, that true nature of a church has revival. It's not, it'll happen how it's going to happen. It will be what it will be. It is in our day and, day and age, our language, it is what it is. Anybody ever say that? No. That's not what it's talking about. It is a church that recognizes every day that they are to have whatever, listen to me, they desire of God through a forceful nature. Don't misunderstand me. Stay with me for a moment. In other words, you worship. You worship and your worship has a forceful nature. Your prayer life has a forceful nature. Your living for God has a forceful nature. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking, I talked about just a moment ago that, that we can have what we have through the force, the forceful nature. We can have it from God through that forceful nature. I'm not talking about big house, your favorite car. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what God wants you to have. Jesus said when his church became violent in nature and they began to take things in faith. And I want to tell you this, it takes strong faith to have a violent nature. Why is that? You must believe what you're asking for is the will of God. And I'm going to reiterate. Man, it's the will of God that I got a big house with 5,500 square feet and I got, a, I got the biggest, nicest car and a sports car in the other garage. And man, I've got 50,000 and 20,000 and 100,000 in the bank. That's not what I'm talking about. It's the will of God to have all that. It's easy to say that, isn't it? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about... <laughs> 
souls being saved and families being saved and people being delivered and backsliders coming back to church and your prayer life is what it should be. Listen to me today. I'm talking about a church that is forceful. It's the will of God that you're a prayer warrior. It's the will of God that we are soul winners. It's the will of God that not some of your family is saved and baptized in Jesus name but everybody is saved and baptized in Jesus name. It's the will of God that you're not to pray it's the will of God that you are forgiven. Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord. Everybody stand to your feet just for a moment. I'm not done yet. I want you to do this. Keep them there just for a minute. We cannot just sit back or stand back and wait for these things to come to us on a silver platter. We will wait for all eternity. We can't have the spirit. We can't have that spirit inside of us that says, give me, give me, give me, give me. And it's going to happen. No, that's not how it has to be. There's got to be a forceful nature. We must turn our hands around like this and say, God, I got to have it. God, I got to have peace. God, I got to have hope. God, I got to have this. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Do your hands like that again. Come on, everybody in the house. Come on, man. Come on, ladies, do it. Raise your hands just like that. If you can't raise your hands, you don't have to. We can't have this mindset. Oh, it's going to come and it'll come. Jesus. Jesus, just drop it in my lap. I need deliverance. Jesus, I need my husband saved. I need him to be baptized in Jesus' name. Jesus. Remind what's that? what's that comedian Tate that you like? Tim Hawkins, yeah. He gives us different types of worships in the church, and I can't remember what that one is, but it's funny. What is it? White screen, yeah, the white screen TV. I'm holding my white screen TV. That's what we do. Drop it in my lap, Jesus. Bless me, Jesus. This is what I, Jesus, here I am. Give it to me, Jesus. And that's how we act. We cannot have, you can put your hands down, you may be seated. We cannot have that type of spirit that says it will happen when it will happen. No, that can't be what our heartbeat is. That's not what John's heartbeat was. That's not what our Savior's heartbeat was. I want you to listen to this. There is an enemy. There is an enemy that took these things from you and from me. John 10 and 10. The thief cometh not. Listen to what he says. Listen to those first couple of words. The thief cometh not. Listen. He cometh not but for this one thing or for these things but to steal. Now you tell me this. Let's just talk about this for a moment. Has anybody known a thief that stole with the intentions to give it back? Huh? Huh? What would that be? That would be borrowing. That's right. Now when the cops caught them, that's what they said, but that's not what they were doing. There's never been a thief 
that had intentions to give back what they took. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have worship, if you don't have praise, if your kids aren't living for God, if your family's not saved, let me tell you something. The adversary has one intention, to steal, kill, and destroy. That's it. And he has no intention on bringing it back on a silver platter. He has no intentions on returning it to you or to me. The bottom line, I was talking to somebody this Friday. The adversary wants to steal, kill, and destroy in the literal. He wants to steal from you spiritually. And he wants to steal from you physically. Physically. Again, I made reference to this a couple of weeks ago. Look at the progression of someone that's been on drugs. Methamphetamines. Look like a perfect man or a perfect woman. And by the time they get to six weeks and seven weeks and a year down the road, they're a completely different individual. You do not recognize them. Because the intentions of the adversary is to steal and to kill and to destroy. And that's what he's intending to do. So don't think for a moment that we can't have a backbone. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to hold onto these things. We have to grab a hold of these things forcefully. I want my family back. I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to be violent in the, in the sense of being hurtful and painful and vicious. No, I'm going to get on my knees in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm pulling them out of hell right now with my prayer. I'm pulling them out of hell with my fasting and belief. I'm not taking no for an answer in Jesus' name. Somebody shout revival. Somebody shout revival. You may be seated. There must be a forceful nature. There must be a forcefully, for sure, forceful nature in the church. I'm not talking about being dumb. Brother Trevor, you're still in the front row, so I gotta I gotta pick on you. I'm not talking about that you go knock on your son or daughter's or friend's door or whoever it is, and you say, listen to me, let's go. I'm not talking about that. Please forgive me. I'm not talking about going get you a, a, a rope from the saddle shop and go lasso him and tie him up, tether him up real good, and drag him behind your horse to church. I'm not talking about that. Thank you. He was going to do it. He's going to do it. I'm not talking about that. That would be dumb. I'm not talking about doing those kind of things. But we have to break away. Break away from what we think it means. And we got to have a forceful nature in prayer. We have to have a forceful nature in reaching the lost. We have to break our way into that spirit. Talking to Brother Trevor before service. You're going to hear it twice, Brother Trevor. Take Denison and Sherman, for instance. We have to break our way into the spirit of these cities. Take Howe, 
and Van Alstine and Bells and Gunner and SNS and Whitesboro and Colbert and Calera and many other little bitty towns around. We have to break into the spirit of these cities. Listen to me. That is why it is important. Come here, Seamus. That's, that's why it's important. Come on, step up here. Don't mess it up, but step up here. Come here. If you break it, you're going to have to fix it. Amen. <laughs> it's what we got to do, guys. That's why it's important that we are unified. Listen to me. Unified. Come on. I'm the only one that's being unified here. Squeeze tight. Man, you're tough. You've been feeding them good, Sister Mandy. I know it takes a lot of money. We've got to be unified from this side to that side. Hold on, hold on. Don't, don't, don't clap yet. From the front to the back. Why do we have to be unified? Because we've got to be in one mind and of one accord. Because we are fighting the same spirit of the age. It's important that we are. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. It's important that we are unified like this when we're in this church and when we're outside of this church because we are fighting the spirit of the age and you can't break in all by yourself. You gotta be one with one brother and one sister. You gotta say, hey, we are fighting the same thing and what we're going to do together is we're gonna break through that spirit. What spirit are you talking about, Pastor Darren? I don't know what it is. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be divorce. It could be whatever is binding that city. But it is important that this body, this church, is unified together. And we fight it. And we forcefully go and take back the souls of men. Listen to me. You think... I'm not, it's a, I don't got to be excited like he's talking about. I don't got to be zealous like he's talking about. I don't got to be passionate like he's talking about. It really is important that you are. I don't got to worship with vigor. I don't have to worship with passion. I can go, go do my carry the big TV worship today. No, you can't. It is important that you understand what the scripture is saying. That we must be forceful in nature. If we are going to be a church that is a revival church. If we're going to be a church. If we're going to be a church that is experiencing the influx of souls. And then being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you what, at 2 a.m. it felt a lot better than it feels right now, but I'm praying that I continue to press through. That's what I'm talking about, so I'm going to keep on doing it. I'm going to press through the spirit of the age. If we're going to be a true apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled church, then we have to force our way into the spirit 
of these cities and pull out every soul that the adversary's taken away. We got to get back the victories that belong to the church. The adversary says, I got them hooked on drugs. They backslid 20 years ago. They're believing three gods and not believing. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, but we got to reach and force our way into those situations and say, no, I'm bringing them back. You may be seated. Before Truth Church will ever experience a harvest and an outbreak of God's Spirit, we must have an attitude. <laughs> we must have an attitude of, I gotta have more. I gotta have more. I love great church. I love what we experienced last Sunday when the Spirit of God moved in. I love it. I truly do. I'm thankful for it. It's been a long time since we've had something like that happen, and I want it more and more. But listen to me. It's got to be more than just good church that we get excited about. It's got to be more than, man, that was great songs. Brother Luke, Sister Alicia, great job. Sister Ginger, awesome job. Sister, Sister Jolanta, man, y'all did awesome on those, on all of those musicians, all those instruments. Y'all did a great job. It's got to be more than that. And it's got to be a heartbeat of, I got to see a soul saved. I'm not satisfied until somebody's been baptized in Jesus' name. I'm not satisfied until we've all spoken tongues as the Spirit of God has given us the utterance. I'm not satisfied until somebody has been saved. A Bible study has been taught. I'm not satisfied until my friends come to church. I'm not satisfied until my family is saved. We gotta want souls more than anything. We gotta want more kids, Sister Alicia, Sister Amber. We gotta want more kids in our children ministry. Brother, Brother Jordan, Sister Jessica, we gotta want more students in our student ministry. We gotta wanna teach more Bible studies. We gotta want more people in this house on a Sunday morning. We gotta want more Bible or more baptisms in the baptismal tank. We gotta want more than just good services. I drew. As I was getting excited about it in my office with Brother Trevor, I drew a little box and I wrote Sunday beside it. And I got that pen and I put a check through it. We got to want more than just checking off that proverbial box. Are you content, Truth Church? Are you content with what you have experienced? Are you? Are you satisfied, Brother Jordan, with how many? 50? 50 young people? 60 young people? Youth team, are you as satisfied with that? All I'm hearing is one of them. Young people, are you satisfied? Parents? Are you satisfied? Wife, are you satisfied? Husband, are you satisfied? With just church as usual? 
Man, you preached a good message today, Pastor Darren. I'm glad you think so. But I'm not satisfied unless you have applied that message. And you've said, I'm not satisfied until I teach a Bible study. I'm not satisfied until somebody gets saved. I'm not satisfied until this place is Holy Ghost filled. I'm not satisfied until my neighbor knows Jesus in the power of the Holy Ghost. Sister Olivia, where are you at? I didn't talk to you. I had no idea what you were going to say today. But it's easy just to be satisfied, isn't it? Not all of you were in there, so I'll give her story. She used to have a P7 Bible club when she was a young person like these kids in Van Austin. And she would share the gospel and she'd pick up she would pick up refreshments and she would have her little meetings and people would come and it seemed like things were going good, but there was never any fruit, she said. Nothing ever really happened, if you will. And what we can do, ladies and gentlemen, and she said this, not me. She said that it is just, it is what it is. You know, it's just, it was good, and, but nothing really happened. But yesterday, and this is the key. If we won't get satisfied, this will happen more often. If we'll be forceful in nature, this could happen more often. But she got a text yesterday, and a friend was asking about some things. I wanted to know about some things, and quite frankly, wanted to know about separation and how to be separated from the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't be satisfied if it didn't go like we thought it should go. We should get on our knees and say, God, I've planted the seed. Lord, I've watered. Now I'm waiting forcefully. I'm waiting in prayer forcefully that something is going to happen, that God is going to save her. I don't know when she's coming, sister. Sister Olivia, but she's coming. I don't know when she's going to get baptized, but she's going to get baptized in Jesus' name. But we got to be forceful in our nature. You may be seated. I'm hurrying. I won't call you up yet, musicians. You just stay there because you'll play for a few minutes. When John said, the kingdom of heaven suffereth, Violence and the violent take it by force. He was talking about you and me. He was talking about an army that says, I'm going to take what I want when I want it and how I want it. He's talking about a church. That says, I'm not satisfied with the mundane. I'm not satisfied with one person being baptized a month. I'm not satisfied with just one of my family members being filled with the Holy Ghost. No, I want more and I'm going to go take it. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to fast more. I'm going to believe more. I'm not just satisfied that they came to church and sat beside me. But I'm going to go to them in prayer and I'm going to believe that I'm going to teach them a Bible study. I'm going to believe that I'm going to baptize them in Jesus' name. Sir and ma'am, we can't take it with our arms crossed. 
We can't take it. Relax with our feet kicked up on the ottoman. We can't take it. And say, you know, that really is good preaching, Pastor Darren. Man, you really are doing good. You're sweating a lot. And man, you really got excited today. No, we can't take it. Can't take it. Just as good preaching. Can't take it. Sitting back and saying, you know, I'm going to let those young people. They've done it almost the whole service. And everybody behind them has. And I know you know you think you're old. I know you think that you don't have what it takes. But I'm here to tell you, you do have what it takes. And I'm asking you not to respond to me, but to respond to the word of the Lord and say, yeah, it's good preaching, but I'm going to do what you're preaching about. I'm not going to take it just saying it's, it's just, it just is what it is. No, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to praise. I'm going to shout. I'm going to believe. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to pray like there's no tomorrow. I'm going to pray like it depends on me. the church of the living God somebody say I'm the church church. look at your neighbor and say I'm the church church. you see somebody say revival Revival. John John was a revivalist John was passionate John was not spiritually soft if you will a pushover he was not passive And I would to God. And I'm not being mean, but I am trying to provoke the spirit of John. And I'm trying to provoke the spirit of Jesus in this place right now. We haven't done it yet. It doesn't look like it in this place right now. And it may be the preacher. It probably is. But we must bear the behavior of John and Jesus. We must have the same heartbeat and the same mindset and the same spirit as John and Jesus. John isn't shaken with the wind, as the Bible told us. And guess what? The church isn't moved by the wind either. John wasn't a pushover by winds of doctrines. He wasn't a pushover by being discouraged. And neither can the church be pushed over or compassed about with everything that this world is trying to push. Verse 8 says, He doesn't have soft raiment. And the church doesn't have soft raiment either. What do you mean, Pastor Darren? I like a suit. I know you do too. I know many of you like to look good, but it ain't about looking good. It ain't about us thinking like we're something on a stick. We got to be willing to be like John and get our hands dirty. We got to be like John and go and reach into the miry clay and say, no, devil, you can't have her. No, you can't have them. You can't have my family. You can't have my increase. You can't have my job. prepared the way 
Brother Noe, he prepared a way. You know what you and me are supposed to do? Prepare the way. The church has to be gun-ho, if you will. Passionate about it. Sitting on go to say, come on everybody, this is a way into salvation. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You must be born of water and of spirit. We got to get a Bible in one hand, a Bible study in the other, and we got to begin to teach and preach and declare the counsel of God. We got to prepare a way to the way. I'm going to stand to your feet. Musicians, Bear with me for just a couple more minutes. John was a preacher of repentance and revival. And the church is today. We got to preach. Somebody say, I got to preach. Pastor Darren, that's not, that's not me. I, I'm, not, I'm not ever going to be excited like that. Oh, let me tell you something. You are not living in the will of God until you get excited about how he saved you, how he transformed you, how he pulled you out of darkness and into this marvelous light. I know a lot of bad's been done to you. I know a lot of evil's been done to you. I know you've gone through a bunch of mess, but let me tell you something. At the end of the day, Jesus still saved you. At the end of the day, he still pulled you out of the miry clay. At the end of the day, you still are on your way to heaven. Why not get excited about it? And prepare the way for somebody else. If we are going to be revived and experience a breakthrough in our life and in our community and in our family. Come on, somebody. And in our job. And what we are going to have to do is we're going to have to repent. Let me just preach to some people in the house today. Maybe you don't know Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. If you're going to live revived and you're going to experience a breakthrough in your life and you're going to have your sins forever washed away, then what you're going to have to do today before you leave this building, don't walk out the door yet. Don't mark off that proverbial box, but come to an altar and repent before God. If you're unsettled in the way, young people, if you're unsettled in hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. If you're not sure that you must be born of water and of spirit, it's not if you want to, you've got to be born of the water. How are they saved? Baptism. By water. We got to be baptized. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and you don't know more than the Bible teaches. Let me tell you something. The Bible is true, and the Bible is right. So if you're unsettled in that, the first thing you should do is look to heaven and say, God created me a clean heart and renewed me a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence. Pull me close and get forceful about it. If you don't hear anything else I said, I want you to hear the next page. Musicians, if you'd hurry to these instruments for me. Preacher, I'll just show it to you. I highlighted it when I was sitting over there on my pew because I wanted you to get this. Preacher, I don't know if I can do that. 
I don't know if I can stop living how I'm living. I don't know if I can stop thinking like I'm thinking. I don't know if I can repent today, preacher. I don't know if I can stay straight on that narrow path. How about this? It's a novel idea. How about you just worry about today? How about you just worry about today? I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can keep going straight. I don't know if I can live right. I don't know if I can forget about that stuff. Why don't you just worry about today, the right now, right now. Say, God, purify me. God, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. God, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. And you're sure to be revived in the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to preach to the spirit of the age for just a couple of seconds. The real issue is how bad that we want it. Did you know that? Sir, the real issue is how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to live clean? How bad do you want to be pure in the mind and the heart? How bad do you want that? How bad do you want to be saved from this untoward generation? How bad do you want to live holy? Listen to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 3. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many, somebody say many. your neighbor and tell them many many there be which go in thereat uh, one, one more scripture Isaiah 5 verse 14 therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth listen to this without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and they rejoice shall descend into it and he that rejoice shall descend into it so the real question is or the real issue is how bad do we want it as a church, how bad do we want to be a church, Brother Jonathan, that lives revived, that lives Holy Ghost filled? How bad do we want to be a people that is unified, pressing forcefully through the city and the spirit of that city, saying, I'm pulling out every man every soul of every man and every lady and every child. I'm going to get the victories that belong to the church. The issue is how bad do we want it? The issue for those in this building today that you don't know if you can and you're not real sure if you want to, the issue is how bad do you want it? 
because the Bible says that broad, it's real big, it's, it's, it's massive, and there's going to be many that go in thereat. So many that the Bible told us in Isaiah that hell has enlarged itself so all of them that are going in thereat can get in. I could just picture it, Brother Ashley. People don't even realize it. I'm not being mean, but we're dumb. She was like, and we're going into the mouth of hell because we don't want to live for God bad enough. We don't want to be passionate about God bad enough. We don't want to be forceful. The violent take it by force. nature hasn't risen up inside it. I said it at the beginning of the message. Our posture a lot of times is give me blessing, Jesus. Give me peace, Jesus. Give me hope, Jesus. Give me joy, Jesus. Give me victory, Jesus. Can I scream? I can't scream very loud. Come here, brother. Uh, Trevor, I need you to scream no as loud as you can. No! No. Don't say, give me my shout back. Jesus, give, give me this back, Jesus. No, we need to change our posture to a forceful nature. And we need to have the mindset and the attitude of John and Jesus. And we need to say, I'm taking my blessing back. I'm taking my worship back. I'm taking my prayer life back. I'm taking my hope back. I'm taking my joy back. I'm taking my victory back. in the house oh God give me healing God give me healing no 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 let's change our nature I'm taking my healing Jesus I'm taking it back Jesus I'm going to take my shout back somebody get forceful in this house today would you lift your hands all across the building I'm hurrying to a close Come on, singers, come on out. Give somebody some hope. If you're in this, if in this building today, you need to come to this altar. And you need to get a mindset that I'm going to get forceful in my nature. Don't be dead on a pew. Even if you feel like that it can't happen. Even if you feel like that would be too big and too massive of a miracle. I preached about it. He did mighty and great big works there where people were moved. I'm telling you today, if they were moved, that indicates to me that they were not a give me, but they were, I'm going to go get it. I got to have it. I got to have Jesus. Jesus is coming in the house. Jesus is walking up and down the aisle. Jesus is walking up and down the pew. Get forceful. Take it today. Force your way into the realm of the, at of the atmosphere of healing. Force your way into that place where healing virtue flows. 
from now on, from now on, when you come into the house of God, make up in your mind. I may have to make myself get up, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to worship you. I'm going to shout. I'm going to praise. I'm going to dance. last thing I want to say before we lift our voices in praise and worship the effectual fervent prayer if you look that up it says effectual fervent it says forceful prayer of a righteous man availeth much and I'm probably going to mispronounce this but it's chow it means to have much force the kingdom come. The will of God be done in earth as it is in heaven. What we got to do as a people of God is we have got to impose the will of God in this place. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You don't see it happening. You haven't watched it happen. You got to make up in your mind that I'm going to see revival. I'm going to see somebody saved. I'm going to see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. Hey, young guys, we're baptizing one of your friends today. I want you to go over there and pray with them. Revival over death, light over darkness. We got to impose this, ladies and gentlemen. Peace over depression. You've been depressed. You've been downtrodden. You've tried to you've tried to cover it up with alcohol. You've tried to impose drinking alcohol. You've tried to impose taking drugs, taking pills. No. Peace over depression. Victory over defeat. Truth over lies. Hope over despair. You impose the will of God in this place. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Would you lift your hands to him one more time? Come on, there's a rushing mighty wind that can fill this house. Come on, there's some people that didn't make it to the upper room. There's some ladies and gentlemen that heard the man preach. The one that had passion, the one that had zeal, the one that told them to go and preach the gospel. He told them, listen, you need to do this. You need to go wait. And they couldn't make it. I don't know exactly how many days. Some say seven days. But in those seven days, it dwindled down to 120 and there was only 120 that were forceful in nature. There was only 120 that made up in their mind, we're gonna change the world. Come on, somebody. We gotta get forceful in our nature. We gotta be a revival church. We gotta be a church that's ready to see an outpouring. We gotta be a church that goes to our city, that goes to our neighborhood, that preaches the gospel. Come on, somebody lift your voice to him. Come on, if you're in the place and you need the Holy Ghost, find one of our prayer team members. You are the undefeated one, my light and my salvation. When the wicked, my enemies and my foes came upon me to read the Bible. 